Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, good evening, everyone. How y'all doing? Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. Hope it was very relaxing. Hope it was centered in self-care and tons of joy and tons of rest and tons of pleasure. Uh, I, I rested a lot. I'm working a wild amount, um, just shot a new project. I'm excited to share that with y'all soon. Um, I'll tell you more about that at some point, <laughs> especially when it's dropping. Also working on a new book, got a lot of things happening. Very busy seeing my patients via telemedicine. So thankful for technology because it allows me to still work with individuals, even individuals that don't live in the state. I'm allowed to do uh, education, coaching, um, and some cognitive behavioral stuff with individuals, even that don't live in the state of California, you know, therapy only happens under your license in the state you live in, but Hey, you can offer coaching outside of that. Um, lots of good stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to reduce holiday stress, how to deal with the anxiety of Mondays. Yes. Yes. As the weekend winds down, a lot of people's anxiety and stress spikes knowing what's ahead. <laughs> about to step into it, getting on that, uh, you know, roller coaster that you can't get off of. But again, as always, I got to remind y'all COVID's still happening. Please wear your mask and stay home. LA has actually amped up their rules. We're no longer doing dining indoors or outdoors. They're asking people to not gather at all. It's because the numbers are spiking. It's heartbreaking. People are still dying and I'm still seeing individuals not taking things seriously. In fact, I was looking at a study and it was saying that, um, people are still getting out there and hooking up. And, um, this is uh, a bulk of people coming out of the LGBTQIA community. In fact, they've been hooking up more, some individuals and the stats were showing that a multitude of people still think that being out there, you know, part of hookup culture is not problematic. It absolutely is. You might be part of spreading everything. People are asymptomatic and still able to transmit the virus. People are getting tested, but not doing it within the right window period. They are not self-isolating and quarantining and they're becoming a vector for the distribution of the COVID virus. So y'all set those boundaries. Be very solid about that. Don't, don't feel pressured to uh, not wear a mask. Even if everyone else is not, please still do so. Be very thoughtful about who's coming in and out of the house. Families should be sitting down and making structures and commitments about uh, how they're going to be acting while home or not at home roommates. These are things we have to be thinking about, but, um, you know, look, I'm very sex positive, but we all should not be part of hookup culture right now It is a risk and, uh, you will be okay. We can still, get on the phone. We can still use technology. We can still do picture exchange. We can even meet up with a mask outside across the street, waving at each other. I don't care what y'all do, but, um, there was an article that came out a bit about a big swingers event, polyamorous kind of swingers based thing. And 
there's a lot of cases of COVID. I don't know what's going on. No one is immune from this happening. And there's some states, I'm looking at the videos and the pictures, and they seem to think that COVID's been dealt with, it's gone. And it's it's really heartbreaking and wild. So we have another holiday coming up very soon. Holiday season is back upon us. So start having those conversations. What you and your roommates or the people you live with are going to allow and starting to make alternative plans for the holidays so as to not you know, have it kind of sneak up on you. But um, holidays are still coming. They're still going to be fun. We're going to still get creative. It's just going to be different. And also, I just want to finally, in this segment, remind you all, reach out. It has been so meaningful to so many people for them to get a text or a phone call from someone saying, hey, how are you? I'm thinking about you. Continue to do that every single day. For your own mental health, stay connected, asking them, how's your mental health? Letting them know that you know we can talk like that. But more importantly, you're also doing it just to let others know that they're not alone. Some people are more isolated than others. Some people have gone through the holiday and will go through the next one by themselves. And it means a lot to know that they're not the only one doing that. I've had those moments. I'm following the rules. And I noticed that uh, everyone else isn't. And I'm like, am I the only one? Yeah, I know better. I know I'm not. But I need to hear from friends that are following the rules to remind me that uh, I'm not the only one that cares about how I impact others. Also, the holidays are coming up. I planned a big vacation. I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not going to be around crowds of people. But I am climbing in my car and I'm driving up and down the coast. Fresh air, sunshine. I need to get out of LA. But I'm being very thoughtful about the way I'm going about it. I'm following all the rules and restrictions. But um, yeah, for my mental health, I need to get out of the house, but I'm going to be very thoughtful and follow the regulations as to how to do so, so as to not get infected or infect anyone. So, you know, you got to make those small little day trips, um, go for walks, get fresh air, take a little mini staycation, um, whatever that means. There's ways we can follow the protocol and the recommendations and still kind of treat ourselves, you know, it's a tough time. (sighs) And then we got seasonal affective, which we keep talking about, where the darker weather, the colder weather, it's spiking depression and anxiety for some people. So really surround yourselves with positivity and joy. Feel your feelings. Be sad. Be depressed if you need to be. Um, build in some fun. Build in some pleasure. Oh, my God. We're doing the best we can. It's not ideal. You know, the holiday holiday films are coming out. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. But luckily, they're getting a little more diversified. I posted on my social media this really interesting shot of, like, how many, 12, 14 covers of holiday films, all white cis hetero couples. It's like no black people, no people of color of any kind, no gay couples. Um, All the women were blonde. (laughs) All the men were tall and dark haired. It was just shocking when you see it all lined up. It's like, wow, what does it feel like if you don't meet those requirements? Because it's a requirement in our culture in some ways. How how do you feel watching those films? I can't stand it. I'm so, you know, over that storyline. And I know that there's some more diversified uh, holiday films coming out, but like we got to amp that stuff up. Anywho, I ramble. Coming up next though, we are going to be talking about holiday stress, how to really get that dropped down a little bit, and also how to deal with those Mondays, that Monday depression. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we are back and we're talking about the holidays. We are we are getting deep into it. And a lot of people are talking about stress around the holidays, not always tied to COVID 
or whether or not they're seeing family or how to kind of manage that, it's it's also often rooted to some of the pressures that come with the, the, the culture, the traditions around holiday time. Now that can be something that's built into your family specifically. It can be more religious based. It can be racial. It, it really, really depends on the individual and their family. But remember that tradition can have a lot of really beautiful ritualistic components to it. They can, uh, it can help bring in uh, some threads of color and energy and excitement. But for some people, it's very oppressive. And remember, you don't have to keep certain traditions going. It's okay to stop them. It's okay to change them. You don't have to hold yourself accountable to how people have done it before you or how even those around you now want to do it. You know, a joke that I heard was that tradition is about keeping people that are dead happy. You know, people that are no longer with us, no longer aware of whether or not we're carrying it forward. And yet some people feel really pressurized to do so. Now remember, COVID's an interesting time. There's people that are dealing with really basic need insecurities. They're worried about housing. They're worried about employment. They're worried about healthcare. They're worried about feeding themselves, their family members, their loved ones. So we're going to necessarily have to see things differently. For many, the holidays may be meant to travel. Maybe they meant spending money on putting food together, buying gifts. And I want to remind everyone, it's okay to say, hey, listen, this year I'm not able to host because of COVID. I don't have an outdoor area for us to get together. Or I'm not able to attend because I don't feel safe due to COVID with traveling, right? It's also okay to say, I don't have the money this year, or I'm not able time and energy wise to hold a meal for the entire family. It's also okay to say, I'm not able able to participate in gift giving this year. That's all. That's one of the stressors and people are going into debt, spending money, waiting in dangerous long lines and around crowds in order to participate in that consumerist materialist component. Remember the holidays are about just celebrating whatever you want to celebrate time together, health, hope for the near future, looking back at the past year, it doesn't have to include gift giving and the gift giving can also be done in ways where money isn't spent. I think some of the most beautiful gifts, or maybe just connecting with people, reaching out, letting them know how you feel about them. Uh, maybe also planning something experiential. There's a really, it's it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful when someone gives experiential gifts. Gifts that maybe can't be quote unquote cashed in right now because of COVID, but they can be things that are going to happen next year. And so I do like that idea. That's one of the things that gift givers that, you know, kind of give advice around that always recommend is come up with something that you can do with the individual or with the individuals and that can make it bigger and also have more meaning and also tie to just intimacy and connectivity. So think about that. But remember, just because that's how we've always done it doesn't mean that's how we have to continue to do it. And that doesn't supersede or take priority over us honestly assessing where we are, who we are, and what's possible. Again, some people are burnt out and exhausted and stressed, mental health-wise, financially. And so maybe for them, they want to spend the upcoming holidays just sleeping and making it about time off and rest. And they don't want to supercharge it with shopping, decorating, cooking. So feel free to put a pause on some of that. Feel free to distribute that and say, hey, listen, we all want this holiday. I don't want to carry the brunt of all of it. So I'm going to let you decorate. This person can cook. The other person can do something else. But remember that it's allowed to be different and creative this year. The holidays are not canceled. They're just different. And like I said, when we were talking about other holidays, uh, still decorate if you want, still put on the clothing you'd put on, still maybe watch the movies and listen to the music. It doesn't have to not exist. Although for some people, that is kind of how they want to see it. It's just a little too overwhelming. It maybe is 
you know, a little bit too inducing of depression and acknowledging kind of the losses of this year. Some people have had so many back-to-back losses. Um, it just kept coming for some people I'm working with, and it was quite heartbreaking. Just when you really thought every <laughs> disastrous box had been checked, uh, the year was kind of like, really? You think that's it? So, you know, again, you get to decide what makes sense for you. So set the boundaries, make the request, speak up and ask for whatever it is you need. It doesn't just have to fall on your shoulders. I remember when I was a kid, everything fell on my mom. You know, she was expected to host. She was expected to decorate. She was expected to cook. She was expected to do the gift giving. That's quite exhausting. And she had a right to have her holiday as well. But she didn't feel empowered enough when I was a child to speak up and say, hey, listen, I I don't want to do this. This is my holiday as well. If you all want the holiday, uh, how about you participate in creating the kind of holiday you want? And I think that there's something very fair, very rational, and very realistic in that. Uh, So again, we're recommending that people don't travel. We are still recommending uh, that you stay home, that you don't congregate with other family members or people that are cohabitating. You know, we have asymptomatic people that are still passing along COVID. We have tests that necessarily are not covering the incubation period. So nothing is fail-proof. And wearing masks doesn't reduce your risk to zero. It just reduces it. So even if you're wearing masks and staying separated, that doesn't mean the risk is zero. Do whatever you want. And I, I think some people think that as long as you're wearing a mask, do you? And it doesn't matter. But like, it does. And I, I, I would hope that you don't want your holiday event to be a spreading event where all those that attended leave infected. Uh, I, I'm seeing that in my practice from the past holiday. And quite distressing working with parents who are trying to parent their children through a door down a hallway because the children are infected and the parents aren't or vice versa. This is real situations. Imagine being separated to that extent from family members because you're negative and they're not or vice versa. It is quite, it's a crisis for families. It's a crisis for the children and a holiday isn't worth ending up dead or in those situations or on a ventilator. You know, that's real talk. Um, holidays are a lot of things, but that's not supposed to be one of them. And I know that they're distressing for a lot of people. We don't need that added distress. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about, um, some things you can kind of remove from your holiday, the holiday pressure and the holiday expectation as a way to make it better. Everyone has a right to rest and celebrate that day. No one should be feeling like it's all on their shoulders to carry this off. So we'll come back and talk more about that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and we're kind of talking about just reorienting your relationship to the holidays, knowing that they're still going to be happening. You're still going to see it around you. Although with me being home as much as I am, I forget that, you know, uh, what's it called? Halloween was happening. I, I usually am reminded by the decorations, right? And people in costumes missed out on that one. And the upcoming holidays are possibly going to be very similar to that as well. <laughs> out here in California, it never snows. That was always an indicator of, you know, the winter holidays coming, um, It's going to be very different, but I'm reminding everyone, you know, still participate in the ways that make sense to you. Dress up, decorate, watch the movies, listen to music, prepare the foods or not. And that's kind of what we were talking about in the last segment. And this one is that you get to change it. You get to change rituals. You get to change traditions. It's okay to update them. Everything's allowed to evolve and update. But more importantly, traditions and rituals need to meet the needs of the people. That's why we do it. We don't just do it for the heck of it. And it's okay to say, who am I or what do I need this year? Again, people are dealing with job insecurity, financial insecurity, housing insecurity, food insecurity. Not everyone is able to have the holidays the way they normally do. And in last segment, we were talking about 
kind of giving other people responsibilities as a way to maintain whatever traditions you want, but not making it the responsibility of one person, which often falls on the female identified or the mother. Um, so it's okay to say we're not doing it this year or we're doing it differently, or it's okay to say I'm not comfortable traveling COVID, so I won't be seeing you. Or it's okay to say to others, I'm not going to be hosting because of COVID. I'm not comfortable inviting people into my home. I can't test and track everyone. It's a far bigger deal than I think people realize. Getting the test doesn't necessarily cover everyone. Are they going to isolate before and after? Because that's what's necessarily needed. It is, right? Incubation, asymptomatic passing of COVID. So let's talk about some things that we're allowed to offload. The first one is the gift giving. And that's disappointing to some people, but not everyone has the time and energy to shop. Not everyone feels safe entering the world to wait in line or be around others. Um, And not everyone has the money. Not everyone is financially secure enough to be spending this year. So you're allowed to say, listen, I'm going to pass on gift giving. I'm not going to participate. Or let's all pick one person and we each buy for one person, thereby reducing the cost so everyone gets a gift from one other person. Or you reduce the budget severely and it's not as big and grand and excessive as it is every year. Or you do something homemade, which I think is really, really beautiful at times. I also talked about giving something experiential that would happen maybe next year. That's beautiful, planning something for next year that you'll do together. I love gifts like that. You know, I'm gonna take you here, we're gonna participate in this together. But again, the reminder is it doesn't have to be the same way it is every year. You're allowed to save time, save energy, and save money. The overspending, Um, some people go into debt and I see the anxiety on their face when they're trying to give everyone what they want. You don't have to participate that way. Um, and as we said, also traditions are allowed to change. You're allowed to say, let's get away from the materialism. The holiday is supposed to be about celebrating family. So if we live together, we're going to still get together at the dinner table. If we don't, we're going to hop on zoom or Skype and see each other and check in, but it doesn't have to be about gifts or spending money. That was never the, the main point. Also, like we said, you're allowed to give up on some of those commitments that are normally assumed and expected where everyone expects you're going to travel um, or expects that you're going to host. And it's okay to say this year, neither's going to happen. It's not safe or I don't feel comfortable for both my physical and my mental health and that of others. We're not going to host it. We're not going to be traveling. That has to be understandable. Um, There's no need to force something. The holidays are supposed to be fun. And if it's full of anxiety or dread because of health or finances, well, then what's the point? What are we doing it for? Who are we doing it for? Everyone's mental health matters. It's not just about your grandparents or your parents and keeping them happy. You're allowed to be happy too. You're allowed to weigh in and say, we're going to skip this year. That has to be very understandable. Next year we'll go bigger, you know, but this year we're going to just put a pin in it. Um, Also paying attention to the way you're engaging the holidays. As I said before, some people are going a little wild with the uh, over drinking and the use of drugs. So I know a lot of people have downtime. I know people are are depressed or anxious. Be very thoughtful about that though. You know, we don't want to make it a time that's harder on your system, psychologically or physically. Negative outcomes, people are getting into conflicts, people are edgy and tired. So just be very thoughtful. Maybe you don't drink this year, or maybe you drink less. Harm reduction's awesome. Not everyone has to give up alcohol and drugs. Maybe you use drugs and alcohol in a smarter way, right? A little less, safer uses, things like that. Really, really, really good. Also, not going for perfection. I know everyone wants a picture perfect, looking the way it's supposed to look as we see on television it's okay to downsize it's okay to eliminate certain things maybe we're not going to decorate the house or we're not going to decorate the table or we're going to go a little more casual this time we're going to be in our pajamas just the nuclear family because that's the only thing that's safe and we're going to just watch movies and veg out and eat junk food awesome eat all those sweets it's okay to put some weight on there's nothing wrong with that your mental health matters find some joy in the holiday be with your people you know 
But um, don't worry about what other people are doing because that's the final piece is we can really downsize or decrease the joint fun of our different casual holiday this year because we see other people that still have the time, energy, or money to go big. Great for them. Be happy for them. You're doing it differently this year. That's okay. Different doesn't mean bad, broken, or canceled. It's just different. And things will continue to be different as we move into the rest of the year, you know? We got to get familiar with that. All right, y'all. Question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. So weigh in on that. We'll be breaking that on down later in the show, as well as sliding into those DMs. Uh, if you want to check out past episodes of Loveline, you can do so over at wearechannelq.com. Binge them, post them, share them. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on radio.com. Alrighty, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence our DMs. They come from the Loveline IG page. It's also where the question of the night is, which still got some time to wait on that one. That's in the stories. Uh, let's see what this question asks. All right, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Alyssa, and I live in Florida. Good luck down there. Y'all are acting like we, we are not in a pandemic. <laughs> uh, I have some friends down there, and they're absolutely horrified at how you all are handling the pandemic. It's it's quite fascinating to see. Uh, your question says, pretty much everything's still open, and it's not closing. Ah, see, look, it's a COVID question. <laughs> yeah, it really should be closed, everything. Um, your question says, I'm originally from California, so the COVID cases are getting out of hand there. They are. However, we're still maintaining some kind of normal out here. I've lost friends. I've gotten into arguments with family about how I'm still going out and living in Florida. Is it right for them to shame me over things that are legal out here? I feel like I'm being more secretive with my friends and family back home. That's definitely not what I want to do. Um, so it sounds like you don't care. Because <laughs> uh, I appreciate your question is, uh, should they shame me? But my bigger question is, why do you think it's okay to ignore the fact that we're in a pandemic? Why do you think it's okay to ignore the guidelines from public health professionals? I'm more curious about that. Do you realize that your behavior impacts others? It's shocking that someone's priority is to socialize in numbers indoors or whatever it is. Um, what's what's making you unable to follow precautions? What's making you unwilling to wear a mask or see friends outdoors from a distance? I think that's what's more interesting to me. Should your parents shame you? Um, I guess. I don't know if they're shaming you or just sharing their opinions with you. I share my thoughts with my friends about what they're up to. Um, so I have shamed friends. I've said to friends, listen, I noticed that you're doing a lot of things that sound really risky. I'm curious what your thought process is behind that. Um, I want to let you know, I do not feel safe spending time around you because I think that you're taking risks that I'm not willing to be impacted by. I've said to friends, Hey, listen, every decision you make impacts me and a lot of other people because this is a virus that gets spread. And if you don't stay home, well, then you're part of a system that is literally killing people and taking their lives. So if that's shaming, then I absolutely have been doing it myself. I'm not a fan of shaming, but I am a fan of holding people accountable to their behavior. And if there's someone in my life doing something that is impacting me and what you're doing in Florida is impacting me as well. So I want to let you know that I'm upset that you're running around like we're not in a pandemic because what happens in Florida is spread around the country in airports and airplanes and cities with travel. You're impacting the lives of many people. And so, yes, for someone like me, whose life, like many, has been limited and I've watched friends die 
and lose their businesses and be in the financial insecurity because people like you want to run around and still socialize and don't care about others. That's offensive to me. Um, so yeah, I think you need to stop doing what you're doing. Your friends and family are sharing with you their concerns. So should you cut them out because they're calling you out on your bad behavior? No, I think you need to grow up, understand that you're impact you're impacting others with your behavior and really ask yourself why you don't care about others. It's so toxically individualistic. Um, and self-centered to ignore the guidelines. They're not in place for anything other than to protect the health and well-being of others. And people are losing their jobs and their lives, and we wanna get back to life, but we can't when the numbers keep spiking. And the reason why the numbers are spiking are because people like you are unwilling to follow the rules. So I'm not answering your question about whether or not they should shame you. I'm using this time to let you and anyone else like you know, please stay the hell home. I'm personally sick of watching people die. I am friends with a lot of frontline workers who are stressed and anxious and unable to see their families because they're in the hospitals helping people like you who are getting infected. So I'm asking you to knock it off and everyone else like you to knock it off. It's, it's offensive. Um, all right, y'all, coming up next, we're gonna be talking about how to deal with the work week anxiety. Y'all, listen, we keep it real, real here on Loveline. We're not gonna be in the middle of a pandemic and then keep it... Keep it, you know, soft and gentle as though, you know, taking being a part of a system that literally is removing people's jobs and lives isn't a big deal because it really is and it's gross. All right, y'all. Question of the night is up on our Love on IG page. Weigh in on that. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and Radio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking about uh, anxiety. Anxiety for Mondays, the week ahead. Maybe your Monday's not an actual Monday, but when the uh, work week is beginning, look, we don't hate Mondays, we just hate capitalism. Yes, we hate that we have to work as hard as we do to get our basic needs met. Imagine if our time was centered in the things that gave us meaning and joy, but that's not how our culture is currently constructed, uh, which is why I was a Bernie fan. Yes, I'm more of a, Ideologically and economically, I lean more towards socialism, um, but it would be actually capitalism as we currently have it, but with more compassion and ethics. And yeah, generally capitalism can't ever really be ethical. It's always about money being made on the labor of, um, well, on the backs and the labor of other people, people that are often exploited. So when Mondays roll around, a lot of people have anxiety because they're about to move into a very stressful week where um, they're worried about their performance so as to maintain their job and to get their basic needs met. And not everyone's job is rooted in the things that give them purpose and meaning. You know, um, those that, that, that their job does relate to that. What a beautiful gift. Not everyone has that. Some people work so that they can spend their downtime engaging in other things that give them worth and meaning. But um, so that's usually what the week ahead is about, and re-entering that cycle, that stress. COVID, it's a little different for some individuals, um, especially if you're working from home. It's either harder or easier, uh, you know, depending on your situation. But what are some ways that we can really prep ourselves and enter the work week with a different perspective or at least feeling a little better or more grounded? I mean, one of the first things is to make sure your weekends have a lot of worth and value, right? So that when the work week begins, you don't feel as though you're necessarily on a hamster wheel. So it's important to take your days off your downtime, do something new, do something novel. I know that some people's work weeks are so exhausting for a multitude of reasons that their days off and their weekend, it's about just resting. That tends to happen a lot for me where I don't have the energy for really anything that's 
highly active. Uh, after working all week, I want more alone time. I want to rest. That's often when we also get a lot of our errands done, where you have laundry, cleaning, uh, shopping, all sorts of other things. So it's really hard to kind of cram all that in. But make sure your weekends and your days off can have as much meaning as you can put into them. And again, also make them hyper restful. If our downtime and our weekends and our days off are highly active and then our weeks are further, you know, full of activity and depletion, we don't really ever get a true rest or a true break, which is why I know personally, if I take vacation, I want that time to be as passive as possible (laughs) because my week is just full of so much movement and activity, right? So much presence, so much engagement, doing radio and lecturing and seeing my patients in my private practice, even though it's telemedicine right now, it's all via uh, Skype and Zoom. It's still depleting that emotional and psychological presence and attention and engagement. So I'm in it with all of you. Another thing that really helps us with the work week ahead of time is prep. Prepping whatever you can, knowing that the week might be hard or there might be not a lot of time. Um, it kind of dovetails in with having a, uh, a ritual and a plan, right? So... What I do is whatever I need to do in the early mornings before my workday starts, I try to do that the night before or the weekend before so that my mornings can be started a little bit slower. I can ease in. Um, I can do things that give me some joy or ground me a little bit and not have my morning so full of prepping for the day. And that can make the day that much easier. So know what you need, whether you have to put the coffee on the night before, make your breakfast the day before, or your lunch, or whatever prep might mean for you. Uh, maybe you even shower the night before. Maybe you lay your clothes out, you iron them, you prep, whatever it is. That can sometimes make the work days, or especially the Monday, a lot easier, right? We can kind of ease in. <laughs> It's not, it's not such a hard start where we hit the ground running because we have so many things to do, you know, for others, it's also about, like I said, with the more passivity on the weekends, making Sunday nights or the night before the official start of your week, a down restful day, or at least the few hours before bed. So that again, you're resting and you're entering the week with a little more anchor being anchored a little more grounded, uh, and not kind of feeling again, like there was no stop, right? Some people go really hard on the weekends on and on a Sunday night, and it just starts the week off really, really rough. Um, and also, you know, I started getting up really early and going to bed early because I didn't want my work days to be just work, and I wanted to actually have a morning. So I started going to bed earlier and getting up earlier, so that more my so that my mornings can really be rooted in uh, exercising, uh, meditating, reading. I go out and I watch the sunrise. I go for a walk. I wanted more of a start like that so that my day also felt like it was my day. So that work isn't necessarily the core and bulk of my day, although it's still very much the center point. But there's things bookended on either side, so I feel like I'm living before and after. Uh, For me, it didn't feel good to just go right into work um, hitting the ground running. And so for me, that was, I just really kind of had to adjust my nighttime, my daytime, and also the expectations people put upon me, you know, during the week, I'm very unavailable. Um, cause I really prioritize myself and self-care. It's, it's important stuff. Um, all right, y'all, when we come back, we're going to kind of flip the script. We were just talking a little bit about how to start the week, ease in the night before the weekend before. Now we're going to talk about what to do during the week. So stick around for that. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com.
All right, we're back and we're talking about ways to get through a difficult day, especially if it's a work day. We were talking in the last segment about kind of how to start your week off right, how to get your, um, I guess, kind of your life in order or uh, structured enough so that you had a little bit more time before the work day or work week begins. So what do we do for having a rough day during the day or in the middle of our work week? It's often about transitions and rituals, and that's something that's really important in any domain of our life. And ritualism is a way for our psyche and our bodies and our nervous systems and even people in our lives to really start to associate and attribute activities with certain feelings, thoughts, or certain states, right? So for instance, uh, people will ask me, hey, you know, being a therapist, um, being a psychologist, there must be there must be rituals or things you do, or how, how do you leave it behind? And I say to them, well, I, I go through a process. When I was working in my office, um, I would ritualistically come home and immediately change my clothes and shower. And that was a way I was transitioning out of my professional and clinical identity into my other identity. We all have many identities, many different selves. And I'm different in my private life than I am professionally, which is different from how I am with each friend, which is different from how I am in my romantic relationships and with my family. They all bring out different selves because all of ourselves are co-created. We're always responding to the relationship and the person in front of us. There's a lot of commonality in our personality or identities, but there's also often a lot of separation, right? So one of the ways I do it is I transition in and out with showering and changing. And so that's a really important or powerful way for some people to kind of set uh, reset, hit a reset button. Rough day, take a shower. Hard day, take a shower. Let that maybe be a way to transition into some kind of form of renewal or leaving whatever was uh, uh, bothering you or on your mind behind, right? Because we're not trying to make a bad moment into an entire bad day. We don't have to turn a bad morning into an entire bad day. We don't have to turn a bad day into a bad week, right? And sometimes a restart, like a shower, even just changing your clothes, symbolically let yourself know that you're stepping into something new or a new part of yourself. And that can really help with a bad day on the front end or the back end. Also, just letting people know where you're at, right? Like we're always trying to normalize mental health. And that means getting familiar, talking about it, and hearing about it. We don't do that enough. We usually just try to fix, tell people to be okay, everything will be fine. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, hey, how's your mental health? And someone actually saying, I've been really anxious all day. And instead of trying to give solutions and fixing, which is not what people want, just say, tell me more. Or I've been there, that sounds really hard. I'm sorry that that's happening. Or is there any way I can help? Or do you even want my help? Do you want me just to listen? But we wanna get familiar with offering, listening, hearing. And also we wanna get familiar with us going to others saying, hey, do you have a moment? Um, can I just share with you my difficult day? And sometimes you need to tell people what you want. And, and I've said this, and I still do to some friends. Hey, listen, uh, I wanted to share with you how hard my day was, um, but I just really need someone to listen, not really looking for advice or feedback. And if they slip into that, I stop them. Hey, listen, I, I really just need you to hold space with me. And I let people know exactly what I need because often people feel uncomfortable when you're uncomfortable and they're sad that you're sad. So they wanna make you feel better and they wanna say it's gonna be okay. And that's not even honest sometimes because sometimes it's not gonna be okay and that's all right. You know, We just need someone in it with us. So it's about sharing with others that we're having a rough day and I have my people that I've formed that kind of relationship with and we're there for each other in that way. But we all need a person or two that we can talk to in those ways. Another thing to do if you're having a rough day is get the heck off your social media. I know that some people go to it as a way to kind of distract or check out, but it can 
it can put us in a worse mood or keep us in a bad mood. It's never very nourishing or nurturing, even if you're following positive things, which in those moments that can be very helpful. I follow a lot of really beautiful, empowering people so that they're always feeding my brain and normalizing really empowered, important kind of thought processes and ideas and mantras. That's great. I've unfollowed anything that's rooted in materialism, body shaming, aesthetics. I, I don't care how, I don't care about makeovers. I don't care about weight loss journeys. I don't care about people's fitness. I, I don't want to see any of that crap. I've no, I don't care about someone's whatever, their beauty, their abs. I don't care about any of that mess. I follow things that remind me what's really important, right? Um, do the same thing. And we talk a lot about that, but I don't think people take it very seriously. But often we need to just get off the social media for having a really bad day. Um, I'd rather someone go for a walk or reach out to someone. And then, you know, that's the other piece, like go outside. I mean, that's something that I had to train myself to do if I was having a bad day at the office is between patients, I'd go for a walk. Um, there's something about the sunlight. There's something about being outdoors. There's something about leaving that space. There's also something about seeing other people moving through the world. Um, it can feel like you're part of community or connecting. It also is just distracting. It also can reorient you to what's important, right? It can also bring you out of your space and remind you that there's a whole world happening nonetheless or outside of this. You know what I mean? It can kind of pull you out. Um, there's something about that. And that's what I'm worried about with COVID is like, go get walks, get out there in the daytime in the sunlight, right? Get, get that sunshine on you. Um, for others, again, it'll be about looking at photos of important people. I think I've found that to be very, very beautiful and powerful. And that's why I love that we have camera phones scrolling back and looking at pictures of important people or important events to remind me of who I am or who I have in my life or what else exists. Sometimes, you know, during COVID, it's like we're living in a fishbowl. And I'm like, is the world even on? Is the world even going on out there? Like, am I in a bunker? Um, and that can be a way to really help with that. And then finally, just meditation and prayer. Uh, spirituality is often left out of all of these conversations, but spirituality is a really powerful way to find meaning in difficulty. It's also a way to feel like someone or something is on your journey with you. Something is looking out for you, that there's a greater purpose. And regardless of what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, a lot of what people rely on often does fall under spirituality. They just don't see it as such, and that's okay. But prayer, meditation, um, reading the work of spiritual beings and looking at their thought processes, all these are things that can kind of really help us reorient um, when we're having a really rough work week or a really rough work day, which right now, you know, it's most of us. So God bless that. All right, y'all, coming up next, question of the night. As always, our question that is up on our Loveline IG page in the stories, so uh, weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out the show by sliding into those DMs. If you got a DM for me, drop it into the Loveline IG page. That's where they come from. Always happy to hear from you and help you out with your questions, concerns, and giving you a little bit of advice. Uh, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. Oh man, so much going on in the news. Did you see this one about the boy uh, wanting to wear nail polish to school? Uh, yeah, it's against the dress code, so he got kicked out. Luckily, 30,000 people are signing a petition. Uh, let people wear what they want to wear. Dress codes are racist. Uh, they're definitely centered in white 
Western norms. Dress codes are also often sexist, where we see the female body as more threatening and dangerous and needs to be more covered up. It's also, in this example, homophobic. It's also transphobic. Why can people of all genders not paint their nails? What does that have to do with safety or the educational system? Nothing. School systems are not supposed to be in place to be about control and conformity. The school system is about education, and that's what they should be focusing on. And a male-presenting individual wearing nail polish does not get in the way of education. School systems are often the site of a lot of violence for people that aren't white, cis, and hetero. And this is another example. People spend a lot of time in school. It's where their confidence is built. It's where they socialize. If this individual wants to engage in um, identity exploration or self-expression or fashion that isn't traditionally under the heading of what a man should wear, catch up. People should not be squeezing into archaic, racist, homophobic, sexist dress codes. Dress codes and institutions should be meeting people where they're at and meeting the needs of individuals. So the fact that this kid is suspended and has to go to school online because of a dress code, you have your uh, priorities backwards. And I'm glad that this school is getting a lot of backlash. And this is um, Clyde High School in Texas. So shame on you. Um, students should not be shamed for wanting to do things like wear nail polish. Educational systems are there to educate. Focus on that. And what you're doing is actually training people and educating them in um, pathologizing and uh, you know not allowing authenticity, right? Like that's what mental health is, letting people be who they are, feeling good about who they are, and having institutional and social support around that. This isn't mental health. To say you can't wear nail polish, it's it's a material on someone's fingers. Like you're making a really big deal. That's definitely, 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 definitely really problematic. So I'm glad that that's getting pushed back on. All right, y'all. But now it is time for question of the night. Tonight's question was, if you are reading this, you're a survivor. What are some of the best ways you deal with those bad days? I know it's a rough time for everyone. We're still in the hangover from the election because God bless. There's still always new interesting things coming out about that. We have the cold, dark weather coming. So seasonal effective We're in the middle of a pandemic and we still have tons of people that just don't seem to care. Uh, a lot's going on. So, uh, congrats to those you are, you are resilient, you are robust, you're hanging in there, but, uh, what are some of the things you do and what are the ways that you deal with some of those more difficult days? First person said being creative or listening to cheesy audiobooks. Yeah. I'm glad for the uh, television and literary world. It's keeping a lot of us company and distracted. Uh, being creative, I think that's really good. It's a way to make you still feel like you're part of some kind of process tapped into something. Someone else said journaling, walking with my puppy with music, blocking sounds from the outside world. Such a big fan of that, blocking sounds from the outside world. Uh, yeah, having a pet right now is really, really great. I personally am thriving because of that. So as long as it's something you can afford and as long as your life even post COVID can support a pet. Cause remember at some point you're going to maybe be leaving the house more going back to work and you don't want your pet to suffer. So, you know, really think about whether or not it's something you can sustainably, you know, support and care for and build into your life. But if you can, please go rescue cats, birds, dogs, they, so many of them need homes. So I think that that's great. Uh, someone else said, as far as how you're doing with the bad days, someone said yoga. Yep. And it's accessible to everyone. You can go on people's IGs. You can go on their YouTubes. There are people that are still doing offering privates via technology and Zoom and Skype. You can also find some free videos on YouTube where people are happy to put their work out there and help people kind of bring yoga into their life in certain ways. Someone else said uh, yummy food or long nature walks. Yeah, nature's a real gift right now. If you have access to lakes, parks, hiking, 
anything like that, take advantage of it. There's something stunning, right, about dropping our body and our psyches into the you know outdoor environment, especially if it's quiet and isolated. Uh, yummy food's another good one. We need a little bit of joy, a little bit of uh, excitement where we can find it, and food's a really great way to self-soothe and to cope. Um, we're, we're kind of bringing all those different senses in. Someone else said as far as how they're doing with the bad days, playing sports with friends. Um, okay. I hope you're being masked and doing it outdoors. I'm not sure about the safety of that. Again, we are in a pandemic and as a public health professional, I do need to remind everyone that your decisions are part of a system that's helping people. I'm sorry, your decisions are all part of a system that is making some people not able to return to work and they're losing their businesses because the numbers are high and they can, we're closing things or they're getting the infection and dying. So remember that, uh, someone else said cooking for sure helps me zone out. I wish I was more into cooking for those that have that, I'm jealous. <laughs> I see it. I, I understand it. I appreciate it. I just don't 100% relate to it. It just doesn't do for me what it does for a lot of others. Uh, and then finally, someone said, reflecting with my partner helps a lot talking it out. I love that. For those that are in a relationship, utilize it in that way. And if not, take this time to kind of rebuild, reach out to people you haven't heard from in a while, reconnect with someone, you know? That's what's been most, I guess, really... What's been a gift in any of this if, is me getting closer to some people that, you know, our traditional lives don't give us so much downtime to stay close to. All right, coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. Uh, question of the night, as always, back up. It's on our Loveline AG page in the stories. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back now. It's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex world. We want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. Hey, Dr. Chris. My name is Jessica, and I have a younger brother named Eric. He's 24. We've been close our entire lives, but recently he's been kind of distant. I was just home for Thanksgiving and saw him for the first time in a few weeks, and he was different. I went into his room to talk to him and noticed some female clothing in the bag. I knew that Eric was gay, but I think he's either starting to transition or is starting to dress in, females cl in female clothes, which I am so supportive of. I'm kind of hurt that he's pushing me away instead of trusting me. I figured I would ask you, is there a good way to talk to him about it or do I just wait until he comes to me? So I'm always a fan of a little bit of both. If someone themselves isn't ready, uh, let's assume that you're correct. Let's assume, because maybe we're wrong, um, you found some women's clothing that doesn't necessarily mean anything. There's a zillion reasons why that could be. But let's go with that theory for a second. If you think someone that you know is gay or trans or exploring gender or non-binary non or whatever it is, um, no, you don't <clears throat> demand that knowledge, right? Which is sometimes when we go to someone to let them know what we're thinking or what we know or what we found, we're kind of forcing and demanding disclosure and that's not fair or appropriate, right? This person hasn't come forward because either they're not ready to, they're not comfortable with it, or they're not comfortable with you. And you honor that. That's a boundary. Someone not sharing something with us is a boundary. Um, if they wanted us to know or felt comfortable telling us, they would have. And if they haven't, then there's a reason and we want to honor that. You're in the most grounded position. They're still living in a world, in theory, that's homophobic and transphobic and not everyone's an ally. And people have to do the work with themselves and on themselves to really get comfortable and integrate something in before they then go public and share it with those they love, especially if it's something they're exploring. People in our culture hold others accountable for having tried something. And so people are you know, a little anxious about really leaning in or sharing. 
let this person go through their journey. Let your brother figure out who he is. The best thing you can do is just stay close, <clears throat> stay available, and keep presenting as open. You know, if, if he's distant, you can reference that part. Hey, I miss being as close to you as we were. Is there anything you need to talk to me about? I miss keeping up with you. I miss seeing you. I miss knowing what's going on in your life. You can share that, generalize. Um, you can also keep reaching out. That's the best you can do, and that's all you need to do. Let this person know you care for them. Let them know that you're there. Let them know that you're an ally, but I wouldn't be direct and I wouldn't be specific. Let them be where they are, meet them where they're at, as we say. But yes, you can at least say, I miss our closeness. I miss knowing what's going on in your life. You can say, how are you? You can say what's new. And continue just to be an ally out in the world and let this person see indirectly that you are all about gay rights and trans rights and black lives mattering and all the different things that just speak to someone being safe, someone being aware, someone being a possible ally, right? But again, I always remind people, if someone hasn't brought something forward, there's a reason. And we don't want to force someone into a disclosure or an, a, a, a discussion um, that they're not ready or confident in. I work with some individuals clinically where it takes a lot of time before they know who they are. And until we know who we are, we can't tell others who we are. And then the work after they know who they are is how, how if at all, and to who do you want to start bringing this forward? People practice. Um, so we want to always just remember that mental health matters and we want to center that and we don't pull people out. Parents will ask me that as well. I think my child's gay, should I talk to him about it? No, <laughs> create a safe environment. Create an environment where they know they can come to you. Um, you can, you know, you should from the door already be creating a home that's very positive in all these different ways, but let someone be on their journey where they are, you know, and they'll come to you when it's time. Let them lead the way, follow their lead, meet them where they're at. That's what good therapy is. And I think that's what it means to be, you know, a caring part of someone's life, whoever it is, whatever the topic is, you know, otherwise we're doing it for us right? We want to know. We want to know now. We're not comfortable with this distance or unknowing or this privacy. And so we force it for us because they're doing what's right for them, right? So, all right, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow night talking about love languages and what that means when you apply them to self-care. It's an interesting conversation. And then we're going to be talking about how to be an ally. You can check out past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Please drop into the question of the night on our Loveline IG page in the stories. Weigh in on that. And uh, you got a DM for us. Drop it into the DM on our Loveline IG page. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with me. Have a beautiful night, and I'll see you soon.